I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm HD Smartcast, and I hope you're safe and well. Your episode is about to begin. But just a small message of solidarity before that. In difficult times like these, living in isolation isn't going to be easy. But what if working from home, our own comfort zones, helps us discover new ways of being? What if this calm, this rest, it helps us listen to ourselves and the people around us more deeply? While that happens, you can find me at htsmartcast.com. Connecting you to the world of comedy, culture, motivation, news. You know, just in case you need some smart company. Take care. There has been widespread panic about COVID-19, which is more commonly known as the novel coronavirus. Of course, you can't have missed the news bulletins. You've probably already armed yourself with masks and hand sanitizer. But there is one more thing to worry about. Of course, as with any uh, widespread outbreak, that means that the equity markets will take a hit. So, since the markets have been volatile and this is expected to continue for some time, there is, of course, a lot of concern among investors. Today, we're going to address just that. So, uh, Manika, I know that it's a good idea to stay put and not panic, but how does one deal with this? So, it's always difficult to keep the faith in markets when markets are in a bloodbath. There is one slide I like to show when I do my lectures. When I trace the journey of this investor who put 1 lakh rupees 40 years ago in fixed deposit, PPF, gold and the Sensex. He bought the Sensex and he just held for 40 years. When you trace it on a graph, there are three lines at the bottom of the screen and there's one line which has flown far away. So the returns of the other three are in lakhs and this is in crores, okay, depending on what the market is. You, would, you, know, you can vary between three and a half to four crore if the Sensex is 35,000 or 40,000. But the difference is you can see a palpable reworking of what it means to be in the market over a very long period of time. What is long term really? Yeah, right. It's a really good question because all advisors, the entire communication is go long term. But how do you define, how do you convince a person who is a fixed deposit, gold, real estate investor to say this invisible thing called markets actually is something tangible, does work long term. So we're going to do a little bit of Finance 101 and look at a concept called rolling return. Now there's nothing very complicated about this. You just imagine that on 1st Jan in 1980, you bought the Sensex. You had an ability then to just buy all the 30 stocks of the Sensex in the same proportion. So you buy the Sensex and you hold it for one year. Okay, On Jan 2, you buy the Sensex, you hold it for one year. 
on Jan 3, you do that and you do that across this 39 year period, okay? You were starting in 1980, 1st Jan and you're going all the way till today, which means you would have had to end, uh, you know, last year so that you get that one year return. Now, when you look at this data set, there is one year in these 40 years when you more than doubled your money. It was 150% over a year. But there was one year in this 40-year period in which you lost half your money. Right? So, depending on which investor you were, markets have been excellent or very bad. Now, let's increase that holding period to two years. Okay? So, you buy on 1st Jan 1980, you hold for two years, you buy on Jan to hold for two years and you do this across time. When you plot this on a graph, you see that the maximum gain and the maximum loss have both reduced. So you, you would have gained 80% and you would have lost a quarter. You increase the holding period to three years. You see the heights of the two bars coming down. The maximum return reduces, but the maximum loss also reduces. So these two lines are coming closer and closer to each other. And around the period of seven to eight years, depending on what stage of the market you are currently in, you get this data where there is no seven or eight year period in which you would have lost money because your minimum return becomes like a 3% return. Okay, your average return over this seven or eight year period becomes like a 14%. So that is the meaning of long term that you have to hold over a certain number of years. Back testing tells us it's between it's really between seven to eight years on the Indian market with the kind of growth that we have seen. That is what long term is. And you have to have the stomach to stay that long and you have to be in the right product. A single stock will not give you this result. The index that you choose, a broad market index will give you that return. A managed fund has the capacity to do much better. But again, that choice factor will come into that where you will have to make that call and keep readjusting your portfolio to target a return which is, which is higher than the market index return. So this is what long-term investing is. When you look at the markets today when they're crashing, that is all that you have to remember. To see the value of your investments fall so sharply overnight, it's almost inevitable, the panic just happens. What do you do in that situation? Go back to basics and think about why you chose the asset allocation you chose. Asset allocation are not just words. They have deep meaning in the future of your money and in your ability to have no sleepless nights when markets are crashing or rising very high. Um, asset allocation is the split between how much debt bonds you will have in your portfolio and how much equity you will have in your portfolio. This also depends on how much risk you are able to take, how long you are there, your investing horizon is, and uh, what your risk capacity is really. So there's an appetite and there's a capacity. It is a good idea to keep your asset allocation, to fix your asset allocation at a time when markets are choppy. Because when markets are rising, we overestimate our capacity for taking risk. It's only when markets crash that we suddenly think that, oh, my money has lost its value. So when you fix your asset allocation, do not imagine that a current bull run will continue. 
But imagine what if the market loses 10% or 15%? This is what my money looks like with a 10% cut. Am I okay with that? It is then that you fix your asset allocation. And this is not a good time to change your asset allocation because you're doing it out of fear. It's not a good time to change your asset allocation when markets are in a bull run. You're doing it out of greed. So you will have to pull back, understand how much risk you can really take and then fix your asset allocation. What exactly is a good asset allocation? And how is it supposed to stop me from yeah. breaking into a cold sweat when I see right. that graph going down? No firm rules. It depends again on situation, on personal appetite. A rough rule of thumb. And remember, it is rough and a rule of thumb, which means it's not applicable to everybody is 100 minus your age is your equity allocation. So if you're 30 years old, 100 minus 30, 70% is your allocation. At age 50, you're half and half. At age 70, you are still 30% in stocks. A good way to do this is to buy what are called balanced funds on the conservative and aggressive side. A conservative balanced gives you 25% equity. An aggressive balanced gives you 75% equity. So those, those are the sort of uh, two extremes of the balanced fund which come to the help of investors who don't want to do the asset allocation themselves but do want to rely on a product to do it. Otherwise, you just build your own portfolio and choose that allocation for yourself as you age. You reduce stocks, you increase the role of bonds but even after retirement, there are still stocks in your portfolio. You do not go into 100% bonds or debt. Right, so on that note, we'll take a viewer question. Uh, today's question is from Dahlia, who is 23 years old. Uh, she's a software professional and she writes that she's been working for just about two years now. Uh, she's keen on starting to invest, but she's an absolute novice. So she has no idea what to begin with. Um, but she does know that she's capable of taking a substantial amount of risk. And uh, her short-term goal that she's saving for is that she wants to pursue a master's degree abroad. And she's sort of, like I said, she wants to know where to start and whether day trading is worth it. Okay. Dahlia, 23 years old, you want high risk, you want day trading and here is a person from the other side of the generation to tell you, you can take your risk but let's put some safety nets in place first. You need to have your emergency fund in place. You need at least six months of monthly expenses and if you are taking a break after, after this, you need to be able to fund your future. So you need to have the money for that. So when you're working a six month of monthly expense, Emergency fund is your first product that you build. Buying a medical insurance cover is the second product that you buy because you don't want your savings eaten away by uh, an illness or an accident. After that, you start targeting your future goals. I would not advise you to do day trading unless you think you're really good at it and you're able to spend a substantial part of your day thinking about these questions of whether the virus is going to kill the markets or they'll find a vaccine and the markets will rise. You know, if you're able to make these decisions, you should probably be a fund manager somewhere. But if you're not, then it's better to first build your conservative portfolio through mutual funds with, uh, with diversified equity funds, with a blend of mid and small caps. And once you've got that uh, portfolio going, then it's a good idea to have maybe a 5% for day trading just to get that thing out of your system to see if you're good at it. Right. That's the thing that we've established, right? Whether on a personal level or the market level, having a bedrock of good investments is the key. If you have any questions that you want Monica to answer, do write in to us at moneywithmonica at livemin.com. Do keep watching.
This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.